know I should be doing this and this is what I'm supposed to do and, and then I find it difficult. I think my advice to anyone doing that now, you'd be like, if you find it really difficult, maybe you just don't enjoy it. Disney and Netflix, they are now going to release the opportunity to have a free model, no subscription. The algorithm is constantly looking at the ads that you're shown and then understanding the engagement that you have with those ads. And it's doing that obviously millions and probably trillions of times, you know, a month, let's say. I think you're right, the younger generation are almost used to it and they don't really mind personalized ads. That's what we're talking about, right? It's personalization mm. of, of advertising. Yeah. If you don't like it, you should be able to turn it off. And I think our industry definitely was at fault by going too fast too soon. If, if the CIA or the FBI or M MI5, MI5 need to get involved, they're yeah. just telling your Alexa, they probably can't. Hello, welcome to the podcast. So today, myself, JV and Bax are taking the podcast on tour. We're in London town at Canon's headquarters. We're joined by a very special guest, Dan Larden, who's the head of UK at TPA Digital. We're currently at 96 subscribers on YouTube, so please, please, please help us get to 100. With all that said, welcome to Tomorrow's Workplace Today. Uh, well, we're in the big smoke. Hmm? Yeah. How are we finding it? Uh, Northerners? You're not Northerners, you're oh, no. fake. No. Northerner. Yeah. London tan. Yeah. <laughs> and we've brought the whole weather, as, as Dan said. It's Pretty miserable, anyway. Yeah, because usually it's tropical in London, isn't it? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. South yeah. Watford, apparently, yeah. it's like Bahamas. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let, let's kick off. So, we're welcoming uh, Dan Larden to the podcast. Thank you very much. Morning. Yeah, Welcome. great to be here. Thanks for coming in, Dan. Um, so, do you want to give us uh, a bit of a background? Who you are, what you do? If that's all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, we were just talking about this, but I uh, I started off in accountancy. I did accountancy degree, and then it took me. Four years to realise I hated accountancy. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, yeah. Um, I got on with the numbers, but I just hated the regulation piece and like, lots of essays around uh, financial regulation. Just couldn't get on board with it. Um, so I like the maths bit. So I went into um, what was then sort of early days social, uh, social media and um, social platforms, networks. Okay. Um, yeah. So I started off, I started off in there um, a bit as a business analyst. Um, working uh, again, sort of uh, optimizing website journeys for a subscription-based platform. Working in social media, um, and then I kind of fell into a product role within uh, paid digital advertising, which okay. uh, is a topic we'll go on to talk about what that means. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, spent quite a long time in product within uh, data-driven advertising, um, building interesting pieces of technology that helped. Uh, target consumers around the internet, um, known as retargeting, which mm. again, we'll go on to talk about probably whether that's uh, a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> um, but that was a really interesting space. I, I, was, I was very early into it um, for my first product role, but it was a space that was growing really, really fast. See, like that, that type of advertising was really effective. Um, How and long ago was this? Advertisers were just piling lots of money into it. This would have been 2012, 2013. Okay. Um, and uh, Really interesting space, lots and lots of investment and VC money being pumped into it as well from the technology side. Um, so yeah, worked in that for four or five years and now I am newly turned into a consultant. So I was on the paid advertising side at a media agency um, building those products. And now I try and use that knowledge to help brands navigate the digital advertising space, mm -hmm. specifically in paid advertising. Specifically within social media platforms or more broader than that? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's um, 
paid social is part of it, um, but also yeah. uh, data-driven advertising all around the internet, um, including sort of video as well. So like YouTube um, and um, display advertising as well. Okay. Um, so um, all, all the adverts that you see online essentially are data-driven in some way. So seeing as I'm the new kid on the block, I'd like mm. to get in early with a bit of a contribution. Um, so you said you, you started out in as an accountant. Yes. And then you've shifted into what many would view as quite a, almost like the opposite of the type of person that would be an accountant. Yeah. So can can you, do you have any insight into like what the traits were that led you into accountancy, but that also transfer into into uh, advertising? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. I think, um, I mean, I think I was always a maths guy. So I always did well at maths. And I think when you're young and your parents know you're good at maths and teachers know you're good at maths, they're like, you should do accountancy. That could be a career. <laughs> Default <laughs> setting. Yeah, and you almost just go, okay. And that's what gets drilled into you, I think, as a, as a sort of throughout mm. your youth. So when it came to like picking a uni degree, I did my sort of like normal A-levels, did maths and sort of a few science degrees, uh, science A-levels. And then when it came to that picking the, the uni, I, did, I just sort of, it was almost like predetermined for me, <laughs> you know, because I was just like, oh, well, I'm going to do accountancy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no one actually sort of sat down and said, well, you know, this is what it's going to be. I didn't really look into it much. And I think that was quite a big mistake, actually, um, uh, just thinking that, that, that I'd enjoy it. And it, didn't, it took me like about a year I guess of studying and going, no, I, this is what I'm going to be because <laughs> it's predetermined. <laughs> and then it took me like probably two years. I was like, I really don't enjoy this. You know, I, wasn't, I wasn't very good at it, basically. Right, I was really yeah. struggling, you know, and I think a lot of people do that with their degrees, don't they? They're sort of, oh, I'm, I know I should be doing this and this is what I'm supposed to do. And, and then I find it difficult. And I think, I think my advice to anyone doing that now, you'd be like, if you find it really difficult, maybe you just don't enjoy it. You know, yeah, if you're yeah. really struggling to yeah. actually sit down and do the work, um, I wish I'd converted. You know, I think you, there's lots of options now to convert. I was going to ask. Yeah, and do different things. Why Why? Why you waited the, the four-year term before <laughs> you went, do you know what, this really isn't <laughs> for me and I could yeah. probably, actually, I want to go there. Yeah, I think, I think at that time, I think at that point, I think I convinced myself that it was quite, it was an okay degree to have to then prove that you could, you are numerate, you know. And yeah. you, could, you know, you, there were lots of industries that said, you know, you we want people that are numerate. So you, a degree in science or like maths mm. is fine mm. to then go into this industry. And I think that's what digital advertising was one, you yeah. know, or, um, you know, at that time, sort of product-based digital roles yeah, were sort yeah. of, they needed that maths. From bit. an analytical Yeah, standpoint. from an analytical point of view, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, because it was all about, at that time, it was all about sort of data-driven, um, data-driven decisioning, you know, whether that be optimizing your own websites. Yeah. Or whether it be you know just I don't know product or whatever it is, yeah. So I think that's I think that's it. So I think the 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 transferable bits that I learned are certainly like got really good at Excel, you know, really good at the forensic accountancy is mm -hmm. actually really interesting. That's the bit that I'm really interested because that's all like you're given a load of uh, financial statements with loads of stuff missing, and you have to like figure out which bits are missing. Yeah, and that takes just a little bit, or you don't really need any financial knowledge for that. It's just a little bit of maths sort of thing. Mm. Um, and that bit was really transferable to then the product yeah, yeah. and the, the, the advertising sort of career. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So, so what was about the, sorry, Jerry. So talk about the product then. So what, when you developed a product or multiple products, I don't know, but if you pick one of them, what <laughs> did that do in this space? What was the functionality? Yeah, so the, the, the main product that I worked on um, was something called a demand side platform, which is 
called DSP in uh, in our lingo. Um, essentially, what that did was um, it you 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 put in all of, you put in your creative and your media budget and all the thing, all your targeting options that you want as a brand and advertiser, and then it automatically listens to all of the ad opportunities that are happening, and then it sort of matches them up in an algorithmic way, and it does it all in real time. Best way of explaining it. So you know, you know, then you go onto the you go onto the Telegraph or like I don't know the Guardian website homepage, and there's an ad. Mm-hmm. So actually, any time you go on there, there's uh, that opportunity to give you an advert is sent to probably five or six different demand side platforms. They all then bid on the opportunity to then show you an advert um, based on your location, your browsing habits, like all the data that the Guardian know about you. Um, they then actually sort of send a, I think this person's worth this much money to me based on all of what I know about them and like how much budget I've got left to spend and like how I'm, I'm performing in terms of a campaign. Um, there's a calculation, all those bids are put together and then the highest bid is then, the, 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 the selection is the highest bid then wins essentially. Like there's quite a lot that goes on between that. But all of that collection of data, that analysis, the bids, and then the collection of those bids, and then the decision to show that ad, that all happens in about 0.5 seconds. I was going to say, like, there's probably, an awful lot going on there yeah, for me yeah. to view a particular ad. That's it, yeah. I mean, it's 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 getting lower and lower, obviously, as well. So like that that the, the amount of time that it takes is getting lower than the amount of data that you can process to make those decisions is getting bigger. Mm. So it was a, that was our sort of product, I guess. So we were trying to listen to as many opportunities as possible and like build really interesting algorithms to make sure we were just placing ads for our brands that they needed to be uh, that were going to be the most effective essentially mm-hmm. yeah so it's a uh, it was a really interesting space and it was kind of brand new as well like mm. it had from yeah, the you said like 10 years ago yeah so this was maybe like facebook was maybe three or four years old at this point. yeah exactly yeah so at the same time facebook were building their own algorithms to understand ad placement inside their own platforms mm. um, and trying to figure out how to make those the most relevant. And they were by far the best at doing that. And that's why advertisers were just sort of, again, pumping lots of money into that mm. Facebook ecosystem. Yeah. And that's why it got so good. You know, there's that whole thing around, oh, I was talking to my mate and then I saw an ad. Mm. Yeah, that thing. yeah. Like we don't have a dog, up. but we were talking about dog food for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Now we're getting ads for dog food. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like... Uh, a common, you know, common, everyone goes, well, it, it must be listening to what I'm saying. Mm. It's a phone. But it well, it's not. And I, I know that's not the case <laughs> because right. if that if that did exist, then I probably would have been sold it at some point because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook was sort of selling their products to me. So what, what about Alexa? What is, what is happening? <laughs> is Alexa <laughs> listening to me and, and retargeting yeah, yeah. based on that? Well, that's a, that's an interesting one because it's, uh, they, I mean, they, it's they say, they say that it? it's only listening after you say the, the word to turn it on. Right, so it listens okay. to anything after you said Alexa or okay. or OK Google. For how long? I don't have no idea. <laughs> no, because t- it, it's got to be always, if you think about it. It's always got to be listening to hear you yeah. say Alexa. So yeah. that, what they're saying is it doesn't document Trigger. Yeah, anything from that point. But again, who knows? If, if the CIA or the FBI or MI5, MI5. need to get involved, they're yeah. just telling your Alexa, they probably can. Yeah. You've seen that show, um, I forget what it's called. <laughs> Where they people have to go on the run. I think it was on Channel Four. Oh, yeah. You have to go on the run. Hunted. How, yeah, hunted and see mm. how long they can mm. remain un, unseen. But yeah, obviously uh, they can't go 
in any streets. They can't use a cash machine. They can't do anything that would trigger some sort of geolocational sort of uh, imprint on the system. But we're getting into conspiracy theories though. Hi guys, I just want to jump in and talk about a specific area of automation which we often get involved in, which is the processing of supplier invoices or accounts payable automation as it's also known. Most businesses have invoices that they get sent from their suppliers. Essentially what our solutions do is they read those invoices, they extract key information from them, like purchase order numbers, supplier codes or supplier names, we then use that information and match that up against digital records. So can we find a purchase order number? Can we find a good received note for that product? If we can, then we can match it up, we can reconcile it, and we can automatically post that into your finance system. What makes us different is that we configure our solutions to be specific to your organization. So we're not an out the box, plug it in and see what you get. We actually understand more about your processes, your organization, your supplier base, and we configure the solution to meet those requirements. Hopefully that's enough to pique your interest. If it is, get in touch. Let's have a chat. But the, so is it valid then? So the, the conversation over the dinner table about dog food, then suddenly yeah. I'm being targeted with dog food. Yeah. What, is that just a coincidence or what? It's, how it's, is that happening? Well, it's definitely not a coincidence because that's just Facebook being really, really good at understanding what you may or may not be interested in. Okay. So it, it's basically a really good advert for our industry to brands. <laughs> because yeah. you, you, you sort of, as a brand, you're like, I either want to target people that may be interested in my product you know, uh, so I can sort of do some awareness campaign, right? So that in the, in the category of like a potential dog owner or cat mm. owner, and for sort of Mars pet care, right? Who mm. sell, that's amazing. You know, I want to be able to do that. And they've never been able to do that before at scale, but they've always, they've only had been able to buy like, you know, a TV ad slot, right? Mm. Which is, you can't target. So that was a really good advert for it. But it, the reason why it happens is because the algorithm is constantly looking at the ads that you're shown and then understanding the engagement that you have with those ads. And it's doing that obviously millions and probably trillions of times, you know, a month, I'd say. Um, and it's not just about you, it's obviously about that with your friends that you're connected to. So this is the, the, you know, my theory of how it works is that you're, you're talking about that product because your mate is telling you about it. And your mm. mate who sat next to you has probably done some sort of interaction online mm. regarding that product, like whether this is the website or engaged in it. That algorithm doesn't know you're sat next to each other, but it knows your mates sort of thing. And it okay. knows you have a similar profile. So it's like, oh, well, I'll try and, I might as well try those 100 friends or those 500 friends sort of thing. So that mm. that's in my head, that's probably how it works. It's a simplified way, you know, of, of, of saying how it works. But that then leads to, I was talking to my mate about this thing. Well, I didn't look at this. I didn't go on the website. I didn't do anything. And then I saw the ad. So my phone must be listening to my conversation. So it's, yeah, it's, I, cre I, I, it's creepy I, to users. But. I think he's in with them. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a shill. He's trying yeah, to throw no, us yeah, off yeah. the scent. This <laughs> is all actually just a no, PR you're, exercise. No, you're right. Because yeah. <laughs> even, for example, all right, let's, let's try it out. Let's talk about prams. Let's say mm. we don't have children. And then we're sort of looking for our socials. We'll probably skip the adverts that don't relate to prams until we see one that relates to prams. Then mm. we can say, oh, look, it's this thing about prams. And then because you spent so you spent so many seconds or minutes remaining on that advert, You're it retarded. then goes, this person clearly is interested in prams. And then it starts sending more and more. And then it becomes like this sort of feedback loop of, mm. uh, uh, what is it, confirmation bias, mm. where the thing that you are looking for stands out more than the thing that you're not kind of thing. I don't know. Be, being or, or he's a shill. <laughs> <laughs> being slightly um, 
of, of the older generation uh, in this room. Um, it, the, the interesting thing is, like, I, I'm learned, you know, that's amazing. And it, it kind of scares me, which I'm stealing a little bit of, you can answer it later, Dan, but one of um, Steve's questions is, it, it scares me if, if this is what's capable now, and that started 10 years ago, where we're going to be in two, five, 10 years' time. Because I read, you know, the, the paper on my phone, and then these annoying adverts pop up and I'm like, well, you just, I just want to read about, you know, England being rubbish at football, cricket, whatever. And and then they, they pop up and then, so recently I did a, a sponsored bike ride and you're right, every flipping thing was around energy bars for cycling, inner tubes. I'm like, do you know what, I've already sorted it. I'm I'm good, thanks. But but it's, it's kind of like, I wonder whether it's, yeah, and I'm, it isn't about age, but it, the the younger generation are, are probably all over it because it's like actually do you know what yeah and then I will go and straight onto Amazon or any other you know website to to buy X Y or, or Z and it doesn't it doesn't scare me as in I'm afraid but it, where can that end where can it end because you know the the way these things are moving it, yeah. it's it's un, unbelievable really. yeah 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 it's it's really it's really interesting I think you're right I think. Def- there's so many surveys Can we turn them that off? are done like this. Well, you, you should be able to. I mean, this is where we've I kind can't. of got to, is that you you should be able to at least... I think you're right. The younger generation almost used to it, and they don't really mind personalised ads. That's what we're talking about, right? It's personalisation mm. of, of advertising. Yeah. Um, if you don't like it, you should be able to turn it off. And I think our industry definitely was at fault by going too fast too soon because we kind of had this like unfettered access to data and there was no regulation. You could basically do what you wanted. So at that time, I was a product owner. We we had the anonymized data, but it, of, per, of of data on. So we didn't know your name, we didn't know your address, we didn't know like anything, credit card number and phone numbers, which is which is the thing that our industry sort of says is non. It's non personal data, right? It's just. A, a sequence of code which indicates that you've been on XYZ and you've done this thing, right? We don't really care too much about who you are or like what your name is and stuff. But that, what you've done on the internet and like what you, what you then click on and what you buy, that's really interesting for our for the algorithms, right? Um, but we didn't, we, we kind of had unfettered access. There was no regulation, right? So what's happened now is that the regulation's caught up with probably what we would what we were doing in this industry five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where interpretations of GDPR come into digital to say, you can only use this data if the user's consented to you using it, right? And that comes back to your your, your question about choice. You know, can I turn it off, right? Yeah. So what's happened now is our industry is trying to figure out how to do that at scale. But that's also why the, you've got <laughs> this horrible problem of like every single website you go on, you now have to click that button, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So mm. that exists yeah. now yeah. over the last two years <laughs> yeah. because you we, we need consent. But the problem is <laughs> when you try and collect consent across so many different platforms, like this, the, the digital ecosystem is so fragmented, right? You've got sort of websites over here, you've got social here, you've got YouTube there. Like none of them, none of these platforms talk to each other. They're all individual ecosystems. So there's a big effort to try and say, well, Consumers don't really know that it's individual technology and ecosystems. Like they just see adverts and they see whether they're personalized or not and data being used. Is there a way we can just say, well, is there a universal way that we can collect this consent mm. and permission about how I can use your data and that sort of thing? Yeah. And, and, and there isn't basically, you know, so the, the, what you're seeing at the moment is, is the industry trying to figure that out. Mm. 
And one of the ways is like, well, let's collect consent from every path that you go to and then try and figure out how we can then combine that together. Uh, but every single consent platform is different. Mm. Most users are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just get out of mm. my way. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. really know what you're consenting to, right? So, so that one thing you click to say, I consent, yeah, fine. There's probably, there's potentially thousands of companies then saying, great, I've got consent. And mm. I'm, and I'm going to harvest that data for advertising or measurement or analytics, or whatever it is. But you, you, even I wouldn't be able to tell you what those thousand companies do, right? And it's my, it's, I'm in the industry, mm-hmm. um, let alone a consumer or like, or like your mum, you know, or mm-hmm. someone that doesn't know anything about it. Um, so, so it's really difficult. Is it, is it a bad thing? I mean, if I'm going to be advertised to, or want to be advertised products which are relevant to me as an individual and yeah. not wheelbarrows or whatever else, you know? And yeah. So well, I guess it's a question to you, but it's a more philosophical question, I guess, isn't it? Is it, do you think it's a bad thing that we're having more targeted personalization of advertising or? It, well, I, this is the thing. I think um, some people don't mind it and, and some people see that it's like, you know, I, I want to have that personalization, but mm. I want the choice. So I, I do think it's like, it's good for the, it's good for our industry and it's, Again, for, for a marketer, right, if you're a digital marketer, or any marketer really, right, the, the thing that you want to do is right time, right place, right mm. person, right ad, right? That's yeah. the mecca of advertising. It has been forever, yeah. even since TV, you know, was 19, you know, 1930s, 1940s. If you could sell that to a marketer in the 1940s, they'd want it, right? Yeah. And digital, uh, the marketing was the same, it was offline, right? It was kind of like broad very broad based, you know, I'm going to buy a TV ad store, I'm going to buy an out of home placement, I'm going to do this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden, this opportunity to do right time, right place, right creative and not have any of the wastage. Mm. Like, that is an incredible opportunity for a marketer, right? You can just, you know, there's that whole old adage of, you know, I I know 50% of my advertising works, I just don't know which half. Right? That's the <laughs> yeah. thing that we've leaned on in digital phrases like, now you can know the half that works or not and you can turn it off. And you can like, optimize the bit that works. Mm-hmm. So that that's amazing, right? And as a marketer, that's really exciting. Um, but how lo- how how far can you go? And like, where's too much? And where does it suddenly become creepy? And if you if I was, I think if you've not got a relationship with a brand, as in you see an advert for a brand and you're like, well, I've never seen them before, and they know loads about you, I think that's potentially creepy. But I think if you have a relationship with a brand, right? If you, if you are a loyal customer to a Tesco's or I don't know, like a um, a bike, you know, yeah. uh, a brand, and they send you an advert and say, "Hey, by the way, it's been six months since you bought that thing. Here's a service plan." Mm-hmm. That is probably something which you would go, "Oh, Brilliant. that's handy." Exactly. You know, that's interesting. But it's the same. It's the same system that makes both work. So yeah, it's that's the hard bit. I think, yeah. Well. So, sorry, John. Um, so two things, uh, like what you were just saying, um, it's the access on the side of the advertisers is that really anybody can figure figure out how to set up a Facebook ad or in fact, mm. not even figure out because you can just literally do it through the app on your phone and yeah. just press the boost button. You don't really have to have any it, technicality. Yeah. You can just put some basic information in. So that's kind of speaks to what you were just saying about yeah. the any brand can kind of jump in there and be like, do you want this weird cheese grater device or whatever? Mm. Um, but also, would you agree to Steve's point that if you're on a free app or a free platform, mm. then the trade-off for it being free yes. is that you receive adverts. Yeah. And if you don't want adverts, then you should have paid subscriptions because wherever you pay, you don't get adverts. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you get some for their products, but generally yeah. speaking, you don't, you don't yeah. get. So I think that that's... Yeah. 
And is, are you seeing more of that in the market or less of that? Or where, where's yeah, that yeah, loads more. So there's there's um, specifically in newspaper publishing. Um, mm. Again, how do I monetize my digital properties? There's some really like so. The Guardian is free, mm. right? Mm. And they've kind of gone with this. I don't want anyone to have a blocker to w looking at my content, but they run ads, you know, a lot of ads, and they also have that. Uh, that notice at the bottom that mm. says, you know, please donate because we, you know, give us some money, you know, mm. if you want us to, to survive. Yeah. Telegraph gone the other way. So they've said they put up a paywall. Paywall. So they have less of a onus on digital advertising to, to fund themselves, mm -hmm. but they require obviously a one pound subscription, you know, or whatever it is. I can't know what it is. But it's, quite, it's not that expensive, is it? I don't think. Um, so we're definitely seeing that on the publisher side. What's, what's really interesting in our space, and this is kind of what, next year is going to be so exciting for people like me who have traditionally only ever done sort of website advertising or YouTube, Disney and Netflix, they are now going to release in next year in Europe, uh, the opportunity to have a free model, no subscription, but you, you, ha you, you watch ads. So Disney are going to have an option which is slightly cheaper with ads or completely free with more ads. Mm. Netflix are going to go with a free, completely free model with just ad, with, with, with ads, you know? So this is where it's going to become so interesting, right? Because everyone knows and everyone has got, well, not everyone, but you know, lots of people have got a Netflix or a Disney, yeah, yeah. Disney yeah. subscription, right? So that's where it's going to be so interesting for our industry because it's going to be, what are people going to choose because I actually think that a lot of people will choose the free option and, mm. and have ads. And then really? it's going to be, you? I think, yeah, a lot. Yeah. I think you'll be surprised. Yeah. I, I, I will be surprised. You, Cause you, the, you would, you would pay, would you? hundred percent. Yeah. Well, well, all right. Let me caveat that by understanding what, if there's a change in, you know, my monthly subscription, but yeah, the, the thought of being able to watch things at the moment, let's just call sky or BBC one, you know, BBC one to whatever it is, five, um, terrestrial just mm. for, for this um, point it, as soon as I go on to Netflix or I go on to Amazon or whatever and I can watch something and it's not interrupted and I don't have to press plus 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 to go 30, 30 times quicker than you know um, that's brilliant for me as soon as an advert comes I'll be honest on anything that I watch if I've recorded it um, you know you've only got to watch any of the Saturday night programs forward Mm. You know, and thankfully Sky Q, yeah. you can go, you know, forward four minutes. You missed them all. Brilliant. Move on. Okay. Great. Yeah. And I agree. I think we've got learned behaviour now that we we're so we don't wait, do we? We're, I think back in the day you had yeah. to watch adverts. Yeah. So you were used to it. Now we're used to not seeing adverts. I think to step but, back. Which I think, though, sorry. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. So when you're going to have the the option. So some people may may want to watch Netflix, but maybe either can't afford it or have something else and they're prepared, they're not prepared to pay a tenner a month. Taking adverts is is, is fine. And then the others that are actually, do you know what? Um, I, I don't want adverts because I consume adverts in other ways through social or whatever. I'm, I'm just going to watch what I want to watch uninterrupted. Mm. It's a, it's a brilliant model from from those companies' point of view and from for the industry because it is yeah. opening up another avenue another lane where they can generate it but and then people have, indirectly have have that have that choice don't they mm. they can go do you know what i'm not interested in that so i gave the analogy that i don't really like adverts you 
you hit the nail on the head for me. When it's about something that I am interested in and it's like you said, Dan, you know, you've, you've had your bike six months, mm. probably worth a service. That's brilliant because life's so busy, you forget. Yeah. Whereas though, when it's just untargeted or, or generic, it's like, do you know what? I'm not bothered. You see, I, I sort of half agree with both sides because, for, you know, as a, I mean, I'm, my generation, I mean, I'm 33, but I, as, as it's been said before, I consider myself to be a bit of a Gen Z trapped in a millennial's body. And I spend, <laughs> the majority of my view time is, if you discard like TikTok and Reels, I'm either watching Netflix, Disney or YouTube. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube, there's ads. And yeah, yeah, it's just part of the experience. Mm. Yes, as soon as the option is there to skip, you skip, right? Yeah. But it seems like that's, that skip that skippability, just invented that word, is getting less and less as time goes on. Um, yeah, and, and, and also often it will pop up, do you want to try YouTube um, Premium? Yeah. And I'm sick of telling it no, but it just keeps asking me. Mm. Um, but you hate it though, for those eight seconds that you have to watch that advert, you're like, it's kind of painful, but, yeah, yeah. but also oh. it's like, advert comes on, phone comes up. So it's like, it almost gives me that little bit of phone time. Mm. And also um, talking about the, the sort of freemium sort of model. Mm. So like back in the day with Spotify, they had this same model mm. and it was really good, right? But as the years have gone on, they've introduced more and more of these like hindrances. Mm. So like you can't listen, like you get five skips an hour and and it's kind of the, I suppose the algorithm on the, on the Spotify um, platform is that it, it knows you want these songs because these get a billion streams. Mm. So they're right at the end they're of the, the queue, back. and you've got to listen to the least favorite songs from your app, from the artist mm. before it lets you, and you skip five times because you're impatient, and then you just land on, you know, whatever tr- trash song number fifty <laughs> by artist, whatever. Um, so yeah, I do agree, but it it, it, it is good because it gives people access when they can't afford it. Yeah, that's because ultimately that's what the internet should be. Yeah, is yeah. this a, is this a strategy to open up new geographic markets? In terms of new new countries that well, probably wouldn't be paying ten dollars a month or whatever for I, a subscription, I, I think. I mean, it's largely just a business decision. I think, but it's a really interesting model for digital platforms in general, mm. right? Whether it be Spotify or Netflix. I mean, I think it come it comes from the CFO first actually, because what, basically what's happened with Netflix is the subscribe the subscribe numbers are falling mm. for the first time, right? So their share price is starting mm. to go. Oh, no, we're not going to see this massive growth. So. All of these digital platforms, you know, like Uber, Netflix, they all have share prices which are way above their actual, yeah. you know, what the, what profit they make. I'm not mm. even sure if Netflix is profitable yet. Well, either. some of them don't some even of them make don't. a profit. I don't do think they? Uber is yet, really, yeah, right? no. but it's got like a billion, you know. So it's always like the what's the potential and what's the eventual going to be. And as soon as they see those numbers plateau, you know, the the investors get squeaky, you know, exactly. And then that's so it. So the CFO at that point's got to go. Well, if I'm if my revenue's flat from a subscriber number, I need to generate some extra income so that's when i'll turn the advertising model on mm-hmm. and then to the spotify point you know you turn the advertising model on early like they did and they've got this subscription ones but now they just need to sort of like constantly play with them the numbers you know do mm-hmm. i add more ads or do i am i annoying people so i might you know and what what's the actual benefit from a having a free to then subscriber, you know, so people stay on the platform. So there's lots of those decisions, which are, they are CFO led first. Mm. Um, but obviously from a technical point of view, from an, from where I, where I'm interested is what's the, what, what, what benefit are they going to bring from me as a brand 
because that's going to basically determine how much I pay for it and what it's worth. So the more data I then am allowed to use, so this is where it's going to be really interesting because we don't know yet in our industry how much data Disney and Netflix are going to allow brands to use, right? It's going to be, there's tons in there that could be interesting, right? Like, is it a family subscription? Great, because then I can, you know, holidays target them with and things. Exactly, holidays and all that stuff. Um, can I target based on the content they're watching? You know, are they a Star Wars fan? You know, it's great because then I can actually, I know if I know they're a Star Wars fan, they're watching Star Wars content, but I can I can get them with an advert while they're watching something else. I don't care. I know they're a Star Wars fan, so mm -hmm. I can just, you know, Lego and all that other stuff. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. you know, so there's this endemic stuff. All that's going to be so interesting. But obviously the amount of data that they let, the amount of data that they uh, allow brands to use means that as a brand, the more money I'm going to pay, right, which gives them more revenue. Yeah. But is it then going to cover a cost where the consumer goes, I find this a bit too creepy. Mm. So I'm going to turn the ads off or yeah. I'm going to, you know, so we're in this amazing, you know, this, this balance between where the consumer is comfortable with and then what I'm willing to pay for as a brand. But then yeah. as a platform owner or product owner, whatever it is, you know, you, what am I allowing to be used? It's really interesting. So the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah just definitely. on that then, Dan. So in another life earlier when i was younger uh i was in uh, i was in the print industry and so you know we're going we're going from ink on paper where advertising was very you know analog and not particularly targeted so suddenly then qr codes come out and that was really exciting and you know, yeah. well look at it now i suppose the thing that i always resonated with me then was how much they had to spend on their print marketing and and, and advertising um, you know, and what the return on investment was. And, and I suppose I'm, I'm intrigued with the way what you've just been describing, like you said, so actually if we can get all this data and all this interest, we can then charge you more because, you know, what's the, what's the kind of um, re return on investment or, you know, ratio, if you will, now that you can be as targeted mm. as, as data will allow you? Yeah. I mean, it's... The measurement model within digital is really fractious and people will tell you different things depending on who you're speaking to. Um, but there's that, firstly, going from the offline world to the, to the data-driven world is obviously that, that the measurement piece went up, you know, probably a hundredfold, right? Yeah. Because now I, I no longer can just place an advert. I can actually place an advert and then I can see if that person then clicked or did an action and then I can then track that exact same person through to the marketing funnel on my website. And I can actually not just know whether they landed or viewed or how long they viewed for, but if they purchased something, how much that then cost, mm. right? So you can track all that back to the single ad that you placed. And that's why measurement, you know, was just like, well, this is great because I now understand this value, yeah, right? Yeah. Compared to the offline world. Um, the, the interesting thing now though, and, and, and actually that's why a lot, of, like, what, a lot of money went into the ecosystem because of that, just, just simply because I could measure it and I could optimize it and I can figure out what it's worth to me as a marketer. Um, the ability to actually do that is, 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 going, is, is weakening. So we kind of used to be able to track everyone. So kind of saying that we used to have this sort of like open ecosystem, we called it, yeah. right? You could say, this person viewed that ad there and then they went off and did a load of other stuff. And then they kind of viewed this ad, this ad, this ad, and then they went and did this action. So I can actually not only just attribute value back to that last ad they saw, I can attribute back to this sort of, maybe the first one that maybe just sort of hinted about what my product was and stuff. Um, that whole thing's broken now. So actually there is very little that you can do in terms of understanding how all of your digital marketing works together. 
um, uh, because of that sort of closed ecosystem piece um, and like everything's very more disparate now and sort of closed off. And that's because of the technology changes um, which have come now, which make tracking a lot harder. Right. Um, but it's still, in terms of like a choice of a marketer, if you want measurement, you still have, you, digital is the best place to go. Yeah. Um, but what people are doing now on the marketing side is trying to understand better marketing mix model. So it's called my, my marketing mix model. So that takes into account my offline, my TV, my newspapers, and then, and then my digital, and then adds it all together and then tries to figure out cause and effect based on lots of different metrics. So there's lots of very clever, much cleverer people than me trying to figure out how that works and, you know, what, what, what value to attribute back to, to, to advertising based on whether it's offline. Guys, I just want to jump in and talk about a specific area of automation that we get involved in, which is called RPA, also known as robotic process automation. Basically what that does is it replicates human behavior. So we use software bots to replicate human behavior. So anywhere where you've got people or teams of people going onto different systems, copying, pasting data, going onto web applications or portals, downloading information, uploading information, any of that stuff tends to be rule-based. Go here, do this, do that. And instead of using your people to do that, actually you can use a bot to do that. So we can train, configure a bot to do exactly that process. It's a massive growth area, really exciting, exciting technology. Gartner talk about it as being the fastest growing enterprise technology in the market. Hopefully that's enough to have piqued your interest. If it is, get in touch, let's have a chat, see if we can help. Do you think um, we'll see the death of kind of offline marketing? Is that, is that gonna go away? Just yeah. see a bus drive past with an advert on the side, is that? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's really interesting. Again, like I think if you're, if you're really care about that measurement piece, you would do less of it. Mm. Um, but there's also uh, thought, schools of thought that we kind of went too fast and too much into digital and actually digital has become quite a um, direct response driven type medium, right? So it's like quite a short window of like, I want to tell them about my ad, but I also want them to do something and I, mean, I want to measure it, right? Mm. So it's quite short. Mm. Whereas if you're just, uh, a, if you're like, if you're just um, want to, it's a brand awareness about like my brand or about a topic or something, there is an argument to say that marketers have sort of divested in that too much. And now that brand loyalty and all this, and the brand recognition and that sort of recall, which happens after watching, you know, millions of personal adverts all through mm. our youth, you know, and then you fun suddenly become 25 and you go, oh, I need to buy some washing up powder. Mm. Oh, personal, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's takes, true. You know, the, there's, the math behind that is impossible to do, right? No one knows mm -hmm. what effect that, how that works, right? But it's you know, constant, constant, you know, you see it on a bus, you see it on TV, you know, all that stuff. There is an argument to say that marketers have sort of been neglecting that part because they've been pushing people to do stuff and like quite quick response and using data to do, um, you know, more targeted and data driven to my audience as opposed to broad awareness, right? So I mean, basically there's no right answer. It depends on the brand, depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. But, but with the economic climate, as it is now and likely to be for the next 12, 18 months. Yeah. Is that last piece that you were talking about, using the data to be a bit more targeted, is that not where the advertisers mm. and the brands are gonna get more bang for their fuck rubbish term? I know, sorry. No, but, yeah, yeah. But because actually 
we all know that you know exhibition budgets or marketing budgets are going to be the first thing that go in yeah. in businesses when when it when it gets tight. Yeah. So actually, we as marketeers, we need to get as much money. We need to get as much yeah. revenue from from our budget. Yeah. How are we going to do that? We're going to use data to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it is interesting. I think there is that the ability to get to understand the effect of your marketing has increased. Right. So I I think I think there's if you're an FMCG, right, so if you're selling personal, right, if you're Unilever, you know, and you're selling that sort of stuff. Um, I, I once heard a marketing director from that from Unilever say, don't talk to me about wastage, you know, because I, I would go, we'd go to him and sell, you don't have to have wastage anymore, you could be personalised. He's like, I, I love wastage. I don't care. Like, I don't care that I'm not specifically targeting this person because I know that advertising will come good at some point, right? Again, back to that story, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't, I mean, they may be there off, you know, younger or they're not, not got a washing machine, but they will have a washing machine. <laughs> and they will need and washing that's up. Be, yeah, he's like, I don't care about wastage. Um, whereas actually there are some other people in Mission News. There's a, uh, there was an announcement last week actually just saying we're, we're turning all of our offline TV off and we're, t- we're switching it all to personalized digital advertising. You know, again, YouTube and all that stuff because I know I can be more effective. I can mm. measure it. And I think there's also, there's also an interesting part with that in terms of transparency of cost as well for some advertisers. So traditionally, it's like, here's, I'll give my agency 10 million a month. They're gonna go and create my, my TV advert. They're gonna go and buy a load of media and put it on TV, right? And then the, the advertiser, his agency goes back and says, great, bought you this much, it's only creative, right? Here's your, here's your 10 million. Um, who knows how much of that 10 million the agency actually kept themselves mm. and how much actually went into content and what media placements they bought, right? There's, this has been long uh, talked about as a problem in our industry, right? Because there's actually only four agencies in, there's the, the four agencies in the UK buy 90% of the media, you know? So it's yeah. it's a really, um, you know, it's an oligopoly, or, you know, in, in the industry. Yeah. So advertisers didn't really have a choice. You, know, you have to use one of those four and the, commercials that you signed were pretty much the same between the four. With digital, there's this ability to be data-driven, not just in terms of advertising and, and um, you know, the effectiveness, but there's also to get the cost. I can actually, for the first time, I actually understand how much that one placement cost me. Mm. And that's now the same, whether you're buying YouTube or whether you're buying like a Netflix ad or whether you're buying a digital app home screen now in London, all those ones, there's the ability to actually understand from a finance, like what's that individual screen, that 10 seconds, how much does it cost me? And that's really interesting for a lot of brands as well. And that's yeah. another reason why people are sort of investing more because it's like, well, and the agencies are, are sort of going, all right, okay, now I have to be <laughs> transparent in how much it costs. Yeah. Uh, I now need to show all my workings of how that 10 million was created, right? And because now the editors can actually see it. So there's a lot around ownership of that data, which is again, really interesting and actually, because mm. that's, it's completely like blowing up the industry because, and, and, and you know, I was saying, I worked in a media agency. We were kind of like a challenger agency because we were saying that we could do this and we could also show you how much it costs. And that was the first time advertisers were like, all oh, right, okay, that's interesting. Mm. And, and that's, that's really changed the, like, the ecosystem and the landscape as well. So um, where, where's it yeah. going then? So if you cast your mind for kind of 10 years, what does the digital advertising world look like in, in 10 years time? Yeah, it's an interesting question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, where are we going to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is where everyone's After, standing. As a summary, yeah. Well, I think you know what. Five years ago, before GDPR, I would have said, you know that you know my minority report. Mm, yeah. You know, there's that scene where he walks through the mall 
and mm. it scans his eye. Yeah, and they're all like, and it says, "Hello, Mister Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, your BMW is now, you know, and it does a super basically, you know, like five years ago, I said we're going there. You know, that's where we're going to be because of all the things <clears> I know about how I know that technology exists to do that. I know, you know, roughly the products and all the technology you need to make to create that." And I know that's kind of where we're going, right? Personalization, and that's where all the money's being invested in digital and like experiences and sort of VR and stuff. <laughs> um, but today, I'm not so sure because of that, because of the consent piece, right? Because of the data piece, like mm. how technically how that would work from a sort of who's given the permission to read my eyeball <laughs> uh, and Mercedes to have to have that data on me to then pass that to a mall and then know, you know, the whole consent things turned it on its head because so that the technology exists for it to happen hmm. but the legislation and the like, regulation regulation and consumer kick you know a, a backlash against yeah. using data means that maybe actually you know we might still in 10 years be seeing mm. print on a bus yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's instead, a real cost right? isn't it because it's lower cost and you know it's it's interesting yeah so i'm I, just picturing you walking into a mall and <laughs> just as the advert's about to Scan you, it comes up. Do you accept these cookies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just you're constantly blink doing, once yeah, or yeah. blink yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're constantly this. Well, people walk around blinking and blinking into each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Job, so yeah. I don't know. No one, no one will be able to tell you the truth. Is, no is there a thing about people almost being paid to allow advertising? Have I read that somewhere? So like being paid to allow advertising. So most. Oh, right. Being paid yeah. some money to money uh, to allow cookies to... Yeah, it was yeah, on Dragon's Den. Yeah, yeah, it was. It that was, was on Dragon's Den. It was being paid for the data that they're taking off your... Yeah, your data. Yeah. Yes. Something around that, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, so th that one is where... So he he's he's created a technology which blocks ads on someone's website or mm. someone's computer. But then in return for seeing ads, you get paid as yeah. an individual. Right, so it's saying, turn these ads on. But the... It's 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 not great for our, <laughs> for our, it's not great for publishers, right? Because the like you say, the Guardian, right? They rely fundamentally on advertising revenue. Mm. So if we're promoting the ability for people, for some guy to create technology to then say block all the ads, but and then I'll pay you, mm. um, that, you know, he's not paying the Guardian. Yeah. You know, he's mm. he's paying the individual, and the ad revenue is going to him. So it's 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 quite um, unresponsible in that regard because. You know, as we all know, independent journalism, especially this time, is like, you know, how important is it? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, the publishers would argue that's not a great thing. Um, but it, it's it's interesting because that concept comes from the fact that people don't like people don't like ads, right? They turn mm. them off. So yeah. if you give them the option to turn them off and then pay them to see them, that's great for the consumer, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I think it's um, those things do exist. And there's lots of them, mm. um, but it's uh, it. It, it's a responsibility of our ecosystem to just to, to almost say or the, to take that need for that to happen away and mm -hmm. say, well, no, actually, let's just be more responsible and let the consumer have a better time yeah. with advertising, and then like have make sure that publishers are getting a fair cut of all the advertising revenue, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And where where does automation fit into this world? Because we talk about automation, probably not as much as we should, but where, where does it fit into the kind of digital advertising yeah. industry? Well, I mean, everything I've spoken today is about automation. It's, it's you know, the biggest disruptor, really. So, as I, I mean, as I was saying, the, the sort of way that ads were bought has, wasn't, hasn't changed for about 80 years, you know, since the TV ads came on. You know, it was, what's the creative 
you know, make the creative copy, find out where I'm going to place it, place it. Um, even 10, 15 years ago, if I wanted to buy ads on the Guardian, you know, I'd ring them up. You just have a sales guy, you ring them up, you mm. say, John, how many do you want? Like, how what's figure out the cost? You'd have to sign something called an IO in our industry, right? So it's like, you know, I'm going to buy a million ads, I'm going to pay, you know, uh, £10,000. And here's the creative, you know, and it, it's all done over email. Mm. So what we, what the first and foremost, what, what we were trying to do was just automate that process. Because the first time you could say, right, well, I've got one creative, I'm going to put it into my platform, and I'm going to buy over thousands of ads. And that whole process was about automation as well as mm. sort of making it more interesting from a data point of view. Um, and that disrupted the whole market as well because, you know, agencies quite like picking up the phone and having the sort of negotiation piece and having all these rates. And, you know, that was the, the reason why you card. went to an agency. Yeah, rate card, exactly. Mm. So that threw all that out the window, you know. So um, a huge part of what we're trying to do in digital is automate all that process so that it's just easier and quicker and less people involved and, Obviously, there are all those algorithms that try and make it more effective. That's not someone doing the maths or figuring out, you know, creative and thinking about audiences. That's all done by a computer and these guys building algorithms in San Francisco, you know. Mm. And it's Google, Amazon, Facebook, which are investing all the money and trying to manage it. You know, ideally, Google would like have no people and they just say, all your creatives, whether it be TV or whatever it is, just put it into my platform and then we'll figure out yeah. where it should go, you know, and it's all done by, <laughs> so like they want that all to be automated. They don't ideally, because they don't like hiring people, you know, they like to automate the whole process, right? So um, yeah, it's that automation piece is 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 really key to the market. Um, yeah. But then again, there's sort of like a bit of a backlash because it's sort of killing if, if you really care about marketing, you care about the creative, you care about the audience, you care about who you're trying to reach, you care about the strategy and the concept and you want to get the feedback and know what's working so you can then iterate and sort of develop your own creative strategies and marketing. Um, but presumably you still need... To some degree that's dying. You're going to need the human for the strategic piece still, yeah, aren't you? But, yeah, but I am. Because down the line, machine learning, AI... Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Uh, yeah. They're going to be able to process way more data and yes, you'll lose the personal touch but you'll very quickly get to the get to the the result or, or the end result of this is what we need to do yeah. strategically this is what we need to do yeah sadly yeah. Fair yeah. Point. you know luckily i'll be pushing daisies by then but, um well maybe not actually to be fair the way yeah. things are moving but mm. yeah, I, I yeah no i think you're right it, it, it is moving very fast um and you know to your point earlier like once once it all becomes contained in this sort of algorithmic matrix, you know, like with the 10 million telemarketing company, do you know what's being spent where and what's going where? It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, I heard a story, a pizza story, pizzeria story or something like this. But basically, um, the guy was saying that, so he's like, let me tell you a story. A woman's got a pizzeria and she, she creates a bunch of um, um, discount flyers and she hires two kids and she gives the the first kid blue ones and the second kid yellow ones and they go out and people keep coming in with the yellow ones and she's like, oh, but no one's really bringing any blue ones. So she she says, all right, well, I'm kind of losing money from these discounts that I'm having to give for the flyers. So let me just like sack off the blue fly kid because he's not really bringing any customers in. And let me just... Uh, give the yellow flyer kids some more flyers. People keep coming in with the yellow flyers. She's like, right, it's great that people are coming in, but you know, I'm 
I'm still losing money with this discount. So one day she decides to follow the kid with the yellow flyers and she follows him out of the pizzeria to see what he's been up to. And basically what he's been doing, he's been standing just down the street and anybody that was about to walk into the pizzeria <laughs> anywhere, he's just handing them a flyer. And the point that he was trying to make is because we don't have that visibility, there's an argument that some people put forward that actually what a lot of these paid social, um, just paid platforms in general, but let's say paid social, Facebook, whatever, is they're, they're, they're taking credit for someone who was already... already heading in your direction anyway and you've kind of got no choice and yeah the analytics are there and everything but it's it's all becoming a bit of a mm. unquantifiable mess and then mm. rory sutherland would say like often people get the analytics and then they apply a narrative to the analytics like after the fact mm. that kind of fits their definitely sort yeah, of framework yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know we're really, running out of time, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting, yeah. yeah. The, the digital equivalent of that is paid search. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's that's also where this sort of, do you use algorithms or do you just use a hunch? You know, there's people people would think of a brand or they'd think of a product and go, oh, I need to do that. What's the first thing you do? You go into Google and you go, John Lewis sofa, you know, mm. and because you're like, oh, I'm going to buy John Lewis sofa. Yeah. And then... John Lewis sofa paid at the first thing you see is paid ad. Yeah. You click on that and then you go and buy your sofa. Yeah. So basically everyone was like Google, like, you know, search is sort of stealing that mm. attribution. Yeah, 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 that's exactly. right. Even though yeah. it was a TV advert I saw or an yeah. out of home placement or something that's made me really know I want a John Lewis sofa. Mm. Uh, so what marketers did is they just went paid social is awesome. Mm. So I'm going to pump loads of money. Uh, yeah. Paid search is awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to pump all my money into that because yeah. of the, because of that attribution channel. Exactly that. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's been happening, you know, and, and, and you know, you saw like all this thing and then it took someone just to go, hang on a minute, what's the first thing that consumers actually do? And there's this, and like to the flyer point, you know, someone actually just sort of sat down and thought, what, maybe this isn't right. Mm -hmm. What's the actual journey? You know, and that, so that's really interesting. So that's, you know, and it goes back to the algorithm point. It's like, maybe you don't really want a Google or someone or an algorithm or machine learning telling you what it thinks it knows. You yeah. need, you actually need to at that point to like, yeah. go and have a look yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. in your story, you right? Have to go, stalk the, go have a stalk and see like what people are actually doing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's weird because on, on that, um, we, uh, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, <laughs> oh uh, no. Oh, old moment. <laughs> and I'm going to end oh, it as well. I'll give, I'll give you three seconds. No, go no, for it. Okay. I'll ask. Well, no, so, last question. So it's, um, well, maybe not, but tomorrow's workplace today is the name of the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. what does tomorrow's workplace look like? So again, let's say <clears> 10 years. What does it look like? Mm. Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I'm sure I should, I'm sure our industry is going through the same that everyone else is. Um, that, you know, it could be, we, we could we could employ people from all around the world just connected through two devices or we could try and move everyone back to the office. Um, I think the biggest thing that might drive people back to like the office culture that we kind of were used to is specifically in our industry, like when you're an agency, your lifeblood is, is the young people coming through. You know, it's, it's the sort of grads, it's the mm. people, they're the people that create your culture, right? Your culture kind of, you can instill a culture top down, but really, it's those groups, you know, and it's those people that go to the pub and like create those things and like all these things that you'd never would have thought of about, you know, if you're sort of senior trying to instill culture down. Those are actually in my industry, that's so, so important mm. more than most probably as well, because it's creative and it's mm. young people coming in and, and sort of creating relationships and thinking of new ideas. Yeah. Um, and 
there's a real worry that if they're all sitting independently of each other around the world or wherever, even at home, you know, to 10 miles out of London, they are very transactional. You know, they're jumping on a meeting and they're just sort of, you know, doing their work and then they're, they're, they're signing off. And, you know, and their social element isn't with their workmates. Their social element is with their flatmates or mm-hmm. their family or whoever, you know, and that's, that's actually your culture comes from the social. You know, we all know it. We all know it. It's yeah. true, right? Regardless of whatever yeah. industry you're in. Um, so there's a real drive. That, that I think that's going to be the main driver to like figuring out how do you get people younger, generally like getting back in and get them sort of interacting in a much more uh, natural, like, you know, unorganized mm-hmm. way to then sort of instill that culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I Pretty assume great. it's the same in your industry, right? Same sort of chats. Yeah, we've got, we got a great young team and not, yeah. you're right. I love going in the office and getting people together, getting in meeting rooms, whiteboard, drawing stuff out. I think you miss a lot of that on the end of a Teams call. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Dan, Metaverse. Metaverse. That's where we're going. Yeah, but that's the conversation for another day. It is. It, I don't think it is where we're going. Actually. You're not? Nah. I think it was a fad. I think it's dying. But sorry, I'm I think it went it too early. Oh. But I think it'll come I can back. talk about that for <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah. We'll do that in the sequel. Dan, <laughs> we'll it's, yeah. sequel yeah. I could I could talk all day. Thank yeah, you very much. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for being our first London guest. No, it's been thanks a pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much for having me.